what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of the Blade Homers and Podcast here. Uh, we're recording this on April 9th, and uh, Oklahoma has a spring football game coming up this weekend in Norman. Uh, we're going to uh, bring on Jason Kersey of The Athletic. He covers OU there to talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to see this weekend. So let's go ahead and welcome him on. Jason, how you doing, man? Good, Alan. How you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Thanks, man. But, uh, you know, I know that we're going to talk um, a little bit about the, the spring game coming up here, but I wanted to get your thoughts first. Uh, you know, we had a uh, pretty epic national championship game last night in basketball uh, with Virginia taking down uh, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I guess just any reaction or thoughts on uh, on what we saw last night? It was fun. I mean, it was a fun tournament. and I, I was I was glad to see you know, they, the Virginia and Texas Tech, I think that's kind of the championship game people it seemed like were dreading, and it ended up being pretty fun and exciting. And, um, you know, I, you know, I, I, I guess just because I grew up in the Big 12 area, I think I was kind of pulling for Texas Tech just because it feels like they never win anything, and it was kind of cool to see them get that far. Um, and I can't imagine what would have happened in Lubbock if they had won. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I morbid curiosity leads me to want to know what would have happened in Lubbock if they were one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, there I think Beard is is a heck of a coach, man. What a job he's done there. I, uh, I'll be, you know, I mean, I think that he he's kind of got that thing rolling down there. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they are the next few years. Yeah, especially when you consider all the turnover they had from last season, able to uh, just yeah. keep on truck and really got better actually this year. So. Uh, yeah, pretty yeah. phenomenal job on his part. So that'll be fun to watch going forward. But, um, you know, everybody though really uh, is here for the football course. So let's talk about this weekend. You know, um, I don't know in general what you. I mean, what's your take on spring games? How much is there to really to take away from them? Oh, not much, probably. Um, you know, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think they're exciting to, for the fans because, you know, you haven't had football in a few months. Um, especially this year, you kind of get a look at uh, Alex Grinch's defense, although I don't anticipate we're going to learn much of anything really about what they're going to do. I imagine uh, they'll be pretty vanilla. They'll, you know, they, they're not going to do anything uh, too exciting. Um, I guess, you know, you kind of get a, a glimpse at which players are playing, which uh, – which um, you know who, who's sort of uh, in on the first team, second team, that sort of thing. And then there's obviously the Jalen Hurts angle. Everybody wants to see how he fits into this offense. And again, I think Lincoln Riley has shown himself over the last few years to be sufficiently paranoid. So I don't uh, expect um, fitting right in with the rest of his big time coach brethren. Um, so I don't expect that you know they're, they're going to open up the playbook. But I do think it'll be interesting to watch Jalen Hurts run this offense, even in a sort of restricted form, and, and see how his arm looks. Uh, you know, see how a few months of lo- working with Lincoln Riley has has done for him. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to be excited about. But I mean, the main thing this spring game is for is for recruiting, and I think that's yeah, that's actually something I'm going to write about uh, later this week. Is that you know, the, Lincoln Riley really has what he's done with the spring game is pretty, I mean, he's weaponized the spring game when it comes to recruiting in a way that Bob Stoops certainly never did. Um, and so they, you know, they want to get these 55, 60,000 fans there. I don't know if that's going to happen, but in my last year, they broke the record and the fans broke the record and the, the weather was bad that day. So, um, you know, I, I, I think the, the main thing, that this is important for his recruiting. Um, and uh, so I'll be, I'll be really interested to see kind of how 
how this weekend plays out from that perspective. Everything else is sort of just like, just sort of gets your little hit of uh, football. Um, but uh, it, it's not going to, it's not going to be nearly the same as the game, a real game, obviously. Yeah, I mean, have you seen kind of, though, the social media push? I mean, they do social media around everything, obviously, at OU, but, you know, they're putting out all those videos now, of, you know, from practice and Lincoln Riley screaming into the camera, you know, about trying to get everybody out to uh, out to the stadium. It's yeah. pretty wild, man. Yeah, well, and they've done the videos with, uh, you know, with the guys who – some of the guys who are uh, early enrollees who had committed last year based on the spring game or, or were official visitors at the spring game, Jaden Hazelwood. Theo Weiss and, um, and Austin Stogner, I think, have all three done videos of, uh, you know, about what it, uh, how much the spring game meant last year to them in terms of committing. So, yeah, I mean, they, they're really, really pushing to get people there. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll be interested to see how, how that does. I, you know, one thing I really think they need, I mean, it's a little bit off topic. Well, I don't guess it's that off topic. I really think they need to make the spring game free. I mean, Alabama makes the spring game free. A lot of the SEC teams do. Um, I think you're going to increase your. I mean, they they still get a bunch of people to show up, charging ten bucks. But I kind of feel like if you if you make that thing free, that that's just going to get people even more incentive to show up. So I, I I'm interested to see if they ever uh, make that move. Although I guess they're making a lot of money off of it, they're probably not going to. Yeah, and they're getting enough people in. You know, I mean, if they if they get uh, fifty sixty thousand paying ten bucks a head, I'm sure that uh, you know Joe a lot of money. Be, yeah, I'm <laughs> sure he's he's okay with that. Are, are you excited to see Lee Bryce? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, purely honest answer. I'm not much of a country music guy. I paid almost no attention to the Trace Atkins thing last year, and in fact, in the press box, we could barely even hear it. Um, so no, I, I, uh, I, I, you know, I, that's one criticism that, that I've seen people, some of the fans have is that like, who, what do these recruits care about Lee Bryce? But I think it's important to remember that this is not for the recruits. Like this concert is not for the recruits. It's for the fans. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of country music fans in Oklahoma. So I, I guess that's, uh, that's an extra appeal to showing up and maybe, you know, as, as I say that now, I realize that's why they got to charge people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. No, you know, it's funny. Cause, uh, you know, of course, like last year, I remember there was something like going around like, Oh, they're going to have Drake, you know, or they're going to do, I mean, like, come on, man. Like it's this, it's a spring football game in Norman. I mean, no, they're not going to be, you know, getting anybody like that. And it's, you know, if you're, if a recruit is is based in where he's uh, picking his school on by, by the uh, spring game, pregame concert, then you know, well, you, you're just gonna have to take that out, I guess. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, and well, and even you know, I didn't didn't te- does Texas have Ludacris? Did I read that somewhere? Texas got Ludacris. Something like that, or they're I mean, playing close. He's playing close by afterwards, or something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's cool, um, but also like. You know, again, like it's not like the recruits are going to have time to stand there and watch a concert. Like they're doing a million things yeah. during that weekend. So I don't, uh, you know, um, that would be ludicrous. I'd rather watch ludicrous than Lee Bryce, but they certainly do not make these decisions based on me. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Ludacris would have been cool like 15 years ago, but you know now I'm not sure that he really his name really rings out in the streets, you know. So anyway, yeah, for people, <laughs> for people like us, it does. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, who's your favorite spring game all star from the past? Who's been the guy that uh, sticks out oh in your mind? You know? 
man, I really wish you hadn't asked that because I, 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 the, the, I can see some of their faces. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I that's can, perfect. That's a perfect I, response. Yeah. But like, I, I honestly cannot remember their names. There was, there were some, uh, some, there was, there were a few running backs a few years ago that, that really went off. Um, didn't, uh, didn't Dave Smith have a big spring game? One he might have. David Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I could be wrong about that. Daniel um, Brooks. I mean, I, does that the, sound right? D- Daniel Brooks maybe had a big spring game, mm-hmm. um, but uh, there's always like a few years ago. It was like every year there was a walk on that would that would like be a spring game star. You know, like a walk on running back that no one had ever heard of. Was Dominique Whaley ever a spring game star, or did he just sort of show up out of nowhere? And uh, it wouldn't play? surprise me. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of with you in that. There's a a lot of guys in the past who are kind of all blending together now in my mind. But you know, the one that sticks out to me one year, I remember, you know, they recruited Trey Franks, you know, to be a receiver. He was this just all-world speed guy. You know, he looked definitely looked the part of a great athlete and, you know, everything. But, I mean, he couldn't catch the ball on offense without falling down, so they put him at safety. Yeah. And he looked really good in the spring game. And I remember thinking, okay, you know, Maybe this finally they finally figured out where he's going to play, you know, and then I mean yeah. didn't hear from him again ever, nothing. Yeah, well you know, well you said the first name and it reminded me. You know there was another big spring game star receiver named Trey and it was Trey McTwire mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. was an early enrollee. Yeah, and we all know how that story ended. I don't Ooh. think we need to rehash that. Yeah. But um, but uh, but yeah, I mean he was a spring game star. I mean the only one that that I remember that ended up panning out was Baker Mayfield. Uh, when he, you know, three four months after he transferred from Texas Tech, uh, you know, by that point everyone knew Trevor Knight was going to be a starter. But I remember Mayfield, even though he wasn't going to be eligible that year, I remember he kind of was impressive in that in that 2014 spring game, and uh, and then you know the rest is history. So that's one that actually worked out. I there is a guy, there is a running back, and I can see his face, and I remember that he was a big deal, and I. I'm going to be so mad when we get done when I remember his name. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it whenever you tweet out this uh, podcast. <laughs> All link. right. Because I'm going gonna, to remember it. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, <laughs> so how, I guess, well, also, you know, you've, you, you, know, you did some time there covering uh, football there around the SEC country, especially Arkansas. You know, how does what OU does compare to uh, some of their spring games? I mean, is it all pretty much just the, the same thing? Um, you know, honestly, the only SEC spring game I've been to is Arkansas, and they've been terrible now for the last few years. I actually went to their spring games last weekend, um, and uh, I can safely report they're probably going to be terrible again. <laughs> yeah. um, but but uh, you know, so you know, they don't they don't draw that well, but they also haven't been that good. I mean, so in a while, so. Um, I haven't been to Alabama's or Auburn's, and I know those are always sort of big events. They're a day stuff. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a little bit hard for me to compare too much, but all I, all I really know is that I covered a lot of Bob Stoops spring games and Lincoln Riley spring games are very different. I mean, they just have a different feel, a different level of excitement. Um, I mean, this whole, you know, and, and it adds to it, you know, this, this being able to get these guys on official visits for these Mm -hmm. things, I think is really, really, they've, they've really used that well. Whereas I think last spring, if I remember right, there were a lot of schools that were kind of hesitant to do official visits in the spring, and 
and uh, I think more of them are probably doing it now. So, um, and by and by the way, I did see just a little bit before we started recording uh, that uh, the, the Brian, uh, what's his name from Texas, the recruiting guy, is taking some shots at Norman and, and at OU and. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah, no, the, typical. The, the the Red River Twitter recruiting wars are uh, are pretty epic, right? Yeah, now. oh yeah, they those guys don't hesitate to fire off some shots. So, um, well, you know, I guess tell me about some of the stories that you've been following there. You know, being around the team in such a limited capacity this spring. You know, the kind of things that you've been uh, following and reporting on. Well, you know, I, I, I think that the story of the spring um, is and remains Alex Grinch. I mean, I, I just – I think, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is, is going to, you know, generate a lot of headlines and a lot of excitement, and, and rightfully so. I mean, he's, you know, arguably the, the biggest name transfer in the history of college football. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not as – concerned with that because I, I kind of feel like the OU offense is going to be good. I mean, it's just, it's going to be good, really. I mean, Tanner Mordecai ends up being the quarterback, which he's not, but if Tanner Mordecai was to end up being the quarterback, the offense would still be pretty good, I think, because Lincoln Riley's still there. You still have all those receivers. You still have all those, uh, you know, running backs. Bill Beatonbow's going to get that um, O-line right, even if they're pretty inexperienced right now. But the defense is, is the thing that really has prevented OU from from arguably winning the last two national championships, especially the 2017 one. I mean, I don't even know that that's really much of a debate, that they probably would have won if they'd had a competent defense two years ago. And um, so I, I think that's that's the thing I'm the most interested in. And, um, you know, I actually went to uh, Ohio, where Alex Grinch is from, uh, a couple months ago, and that story is running on Friday, if I could plug it for just mm-hmm. a second. You sure. Um, so... Uh, so I, I kind of went and learned a little bit about his background with the Mount Union, which is just a you know this this uh, Division three power that he played at, along with Jason Candle and Matt Campbell. He was teammates with uh, both of them at the time, and so uh, so that that's something I've been very interested in all spring, and I'm I'm excited to finally get to unveil that story uh, this week. What's your impression of just kind of the messaging and the the culture around the defense under Grinch versus uh, Mike Stoops? It's so hard to say without getting to watch practice. Yeah, um, it it really is. I mean, Grinch. I think one of the big things that that I think people. Um, I, I, if anybody's expecting a bunch of schematic changes. I think they're going to be disappointed. I don't think that's going to happen. I, and I don't think scheme was even really the issue. The issue was Mike Stoops had completely lost the defense. I mean, they just did not listen to him, I don't think. I don't think they, frankly, respected him. Um, I, I think he just completely lost it. And from there, that culture got really bad on that side of the ball. And, and Ruffin McNeil was, you know, as much as I think they did like and respect Ruffin, it was hard to fix that in the middle of the season. And so um, I, I think that the most important thing is just Grinch sort of getting those guys on his side. And I think he's done that so far. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, his, his turnover thing, I'm really fascinated by that, his obsession with turnovers. And, you know, the way he talks about it makes a lot of sense, that we don't, we don't talk about how the important thing for the defense to do is get the ball back for the offense. We don't talk about it in those terms when it comes to 
um, when it comes to football as we would in basketball or whatever. So um, his, his sort of obsession with and, and numbers crunching and figuring out this many takeaways equals this many wins, all that kind of stuff is really interesting. I think that's a big part of, of the culture that he's trying to establish um, there because, I mean, for all the numbers that we've, you know, you and I and other, other people have repeated ad nauseum about the, you know, ranking 130th in pass defense or whatever, um, all those horrible numbers. The one that stands out the most is the, that they had the fewest takeaways in recorded OU football history last year. I mean, that, I mean, if, you know, you got to think that, you know, one more, one takeaway in the first Texas game and they probably win that game. I mean, those are the things that can really make a big difference. Now, I know they would have ended up in the playoff anyway, and they would have won the Big 12 anyway. But, like, those are the things that that, that can make a difference, especially if you're still giving up a decent number of points and yards. If you can, you know, steal a few possessions for that offense that OU has, I mean, that can make all the difference in the world. So, um, you know, one, one takeaway in the second half of the Rose Bowl, um, I'm trying to remember. Did Georgia turn the ball over in the second half of the Rose Bowl? I don't yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OU took it back for a touchdown. They fumbled. But uh, they, Baker did, May- they did. Baker they did. Mayfield also threw a pick though to put um, Georgia, you know, kind of right on the doorstep. So that's right. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I sounded stupid there. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, these games sometimes kind of run together. But the point is, is that that one, two, three takeaways can make such a difference, and I, I think that's. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see kind of how that culture manifests itself and, and if that works. Right. Well, just think about from like a field position standpoint. I mean, how many times was OU driving, you know, starting in their own territory, driving the length of the field, you know? I mean, yeah, OU's offense made it look easy, but the defense could have made it just a little bit easier by putting them in a better position, you know? So I'm with right. you. I'm yeah. With you. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I'm interested to see how that plays out because it's hard to – I think it's kind of hard to coach turnovers, you know, uh, but there's also, uh, you know, just some clearly some mentality issues that uh, OU's been dealing with the past couple of years that can change. Yeah. There, so. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, in terms of like a position group or, you know, a, a certain player that you're going to be watching really closely. I mean, we've covered the quarterbacks kind of ad nauseum. Who, uh, who are some of the, what are some of the positions or players you're going to be keeping an eye on? Well, I mean, I think you can really make that case with any of the defensive position groups just because, again, to me, that's the story of the spring. But, um, but uh, you know, I, I'm interested in the three freshman receivers, the five-star guys, and, and how they fit in. Man, uh, you know, getting an up-close look, uh, we got a 15-minute window into practice a couple, last week, two weeks ago, I can't remember. And Theo Weiss, man, he looks the part. I mean mm-hmm. – so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how those guys get in. The offensive line is obviously they have a lot to replace. Four guys who are going to get drafted. Uh, Bill Beatonbow, um is, is one of the best offensive line coaches in the country for a reason. But um, at the same time, I mean, this is a this is his biggest challenge yet since he's been at OU. I would argue even more of a challenge than it was when he got to OU. Um, and uh, because at least then he had Eichert and Daryl Williams and Tyrus Thompson and those guys back. So I mean, this is a uh, this is a big challenge for him. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out. Um, and then uh, you know, going back to defense, I mean, I, I'm really interested in Buki. I, I you know that for a kid who came up in with so much hype, who was a, sort of a favorite target, I think, of fans to sort of blame because you know everybody expected that he was going to 
he, he might be the guy who helps fix everything. And then in fact, he really struggled himself. Um, I, you know, they brought him in for interviews a few times. I'm very impressed with him personally. He seems very polished and well put together. Seems very sharp. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I think he's a guy. It'd be really interesting to me see where he fits in with his defense. If he, uh, you know, if he ends up at, at corner like some people think he should, I don't think he will because uh, I think they want bigger corners. But even you know, at safety, they seem to be recruiting bigger safeties, and he's a smaller guy. Is he going to play nickel? Um, you know, where does he fit in in the Alex Grinch defense? Um, and then just his redemption in general is very going to be very uh, uh, intriguing to watch. Yeah, something about last year in that scheme, he just never it just never clicked for him, which was, um, you know, just odd because he, he, going back to you know spring game all stars, I thought he definitely looked apart. Um, you know, last year, last spring when he was uh, out there and he was getting a lot of opportunities to make some plays. It, just didn't come together. So, yeah, that's, you know, Buki's definitely a guy that I'm watching. But in general, too, that safety group as a whole, I mean, they've been so bad. Um, yeah. You know, so how how who's fading and where there, to me, is a real big story to watch. Yeah, well, and, and uh, Grinch told us he, uh, he's uh, – the best thing about covering Alex Grinch is how honest he is. He just really doesn't hold anything back. and be interesting to see how long that lasts if, if they knock <laughs> yeah. that out of him a little, a little bit. But I mean, he said a few weeks ago that if they had a game tomorrow, it'd be uh, and Turner yell and uh, Patrick Field starting at safety, which I mean, I, I was a little bit surprised by that, but, but at the same time, not really because the, the other guys have kind of had their chances. Barnes is hurt, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, these other guys have all kind of had their chances. And um, so why not kind of give these other guys a shot? So, but you're right. I mean, those, uh, the, the safeties. And I mean, I, I hate to pick on Barnes here um, because obviously he wasn't being well coached mm. last year. But I mean, the, I don't. Is there a guy on the defense that was like more of a symbol for how bad they were than that moment with Josh Jacobs in the Orange Bowl? The, the moment that put Alabama up twenty-eight to nothing. You had the kid from Oklahoma running mm. him over, injuring him so badly that he still hurt. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to pick on Robert Barnes, but I mean, that, that play was as symbolic as there was last season, I think, in terms yeah. of just how far apart those two teams were. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. All right. Well, uh, so you said you got a piece coming up on Friday with, uh, you know, kind of detailing Alex Grinch's background. Anything else big you're working on right now? Um, you know, a couple other things kind of, uh, I'm working on, not, not, quite ready to talk about just yet but uh but yeah i i do have some things in in the works um but grin the grinch thing has been in the works for a few months i'm i'm really excited about it. in fact that trip to ohio kind of got me two stories i'm going to do one kind of about his his personality and his growing up and then i'm going to do a whole nother one about mount union his time at mount union because yeah. that is a fascinating place and uh you know the the fact that again that he was I mean, he comes from his place mount union I mean, people talk about Jason Candle and Matt Campbell and the, some of the NFL guys and that kind of thing. But, I mean, there are high school coaches just scattered throughout Ohio that all went to Mount Union. It is just a coaching factory. Um, and so uh, that that's a separate – I'm not quite sure when that one's going to run yet, but, but I'm looking forward to that one as well. 
Awesome. Well, no, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, all the different uh, kind of enterprise stuff you've been doing has been really good, Jason, uh, you know, since you've taken over there at the Athletics. So it's definitely... Well, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, it's definitely been a, a great resource for uh, Sooner fans and great job of storytelling on your part. Well, I appreciate it, Alan. And thanks, as always, for having me. I, I always... Anytime. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, man. Again, thanks to our guest, uh, Jason Kersey of The Athletic. Make sure to uh, check him out. Uh, I love The Athletic's uh, tech technology. They're, uh, you know, kind of uh, user experience and everything like that with the ad-free articles. So to me, it's it's definitely a worthwhile investment, and he does a great job, like I mentioned, of telling, uh, telling OU stories. So um, thanks to you all for joining us, too. For the Blatant Homerism Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. <laughs>